Hey there. You clicked the play button on episode one of TJ and Elmo's Wild Rift podcast, available at esportstj.com. Is that our final name, Elmo? It's what we're working with for now. You're not willing to commit to it for the long run? If we come up with a better name, okay. what's to say we aren't just going to change it? What I'm hearing is that if you come up with a better name, because I cannot think of a better name than that. And I'm too lazy to, so I guess we're stuck with it. We are both Wild Rift commentators. You may know me from the WNS, where I'm making my broadcast debut. Both of us worked on the Horizon Cup previously, as well as the Icon series. And this season, you, Omo, Leonard, are working on the WCS in Southeast Asia, continuing your coverage of the region. That's right, pretty much. We're going to be starting off with the Singapore and Malaysia circuit that's going to be uh, in a week from now. And then we'll have the C-Series very shortly after that. Yeah, so I'm pretty hyped to see some good action. Yeah, so we both watch a ton of Wild Rift, and we talk about it pretty frequently. We're in each other's DMs talking about some crazy stuff. So this is basically that. And I know that ProPlay hasn't officially started, but we've had some, like, qualifiers across the world, so this felt like the right place to start this season of Wild Rift. You were watching the Malaysia qualifiers over in Southeast Asia, yeah, yeah, I think... I'm not sure how many games you watched, right? But you watched some action as well, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't great quality games, because we were... When, when we were there, we were watching, like, some of the last few teams to make it in. But, mm-hmm. um... It can't be worse than NA, right? I, you know, that's bait. I will tell you. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm just gonna leave these crumbs everywhere, so... NA still has a long way to go. Tribe lost in the first qualifier. I don't know if you saw this. The WNS first qualifier was earlier this week. Tribe Gaming got taken out by Sentinels, who played a smarter draft, who clearly had been doing their homework during the offseason. Sentinels then lost later on to Immortals, uh, Iraqi Zoro's team, who have stacked their roster this season, also clearly been doing their homework, developing some international-based strats. North America, it's still got a ways to go, but they're working on it. Well... Is that only one team qualifies at a time, or...? Four teams qualified out of the WNS first okay. qualifier, and then we, all the teams that didn't qualify, we, we graduated another four, so we have an eight team. Okay. For the first cool. major. Right, okay, cool. The, I, I've been trying to figure out like how all these qualifier works, because every region is running a qualifier, and they're all doing it differently, and the format <laughs> Totally <all> different! different. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so confused. Like, I'm looking at the WRL national qualifiers now, oh the one God. that China did. I, I don't know what format this is. Well, if you need to know what happened in the WRL qualifiers, you can head on over to esportstj.com, where I did write a whole breakdown of the qualification process that was mostly bored out of that. I was sitting there okay. going, what am I watch? And I had to like do the homework, and at that point, I might as well write it somewhere. Wait, um, so do top four teams of each group qualify? Yeah, so hold then on. Why let, me actually, let me actually pull up the article. So yeah. that I can tell you exactly what's going on with 100% confidence. So the thing that just happened, that we were both watching a little bit, we'll talk in more detail about it in yes. a moment. The thing that just happened was the Nationals Qualifier, which is a playoff tournament between the teams that qualified through the Nationals Qualifier tournaments that happened all of last year. And Darken Gaming won the most important one of those, that's how they were the representative. Those are basically the open sign-up tournaments. And six right, teams yeah. qualified out of that. Um, and there was like sort of a, a, a prehensile lower bracket where some of the teams went down to the lower bracket. If you got far enough into the tournament, there was a lower bracket for you to fill out those final couple of slots. 
Um, and then five teams qualified from the LPL qualifier, which was open to existing League of Legends PC franchisees. But I don't think all of those teams, all the LPL teams that play in the League of Legends Pro League for PC, were playing in there because FPX and JD Gaming, yeah. who do have LPL teams, were playing in the Nationals qualifier. So I don't, uh, I don't know what's up with that. Um, and then I, finally, I'm so confused. Five teams qualified from the LPL qualifier. And to finish that, a single team qualified through the Influencer Qualifier, which was a tournament where every team was created and owned by a Chinese singer or actor. <laughs> that's wild. That's and wild. that's how we got Keep Best Gaming, who are incredible. Um, I, I'm going to need a pronunciation check on this actor's name. I've seen him in some stuff. Okay, why don't you try to say it first? Uh, Guanjie Li? Pretty close, pretty good. Um, I, I hate it when they arrange names like that, because, like, in Chinese, your surname comes first. It would be first. Li Guangzhou. So, yeah, exactly. It would be Li Guangzhou. Okay. The pronunciation is actually pretty on point. Thank you. I, I worked with Tencent for a while. Uh, but he's an yeah. actor who's just a heartthrob, and he's been in a whole bunch of Chinese media stuff. I think he was in The Wandering Earth, which is a truly terrible sci-fi movie that's on Netflix. I do recommend it. Um, I was I was very happy that that dude has a team in the WRL. Which team is this again? That's Keep Best Gaming. Love the names. But I, we got sidetracked within the first five minutes. Yes. I think this is a good framework to just kind of kick things off. We've seen the qualifiers that were upsets, like Tribe Gaming lost. They still qualified, but they lost in the North American qualifier. Darken Gaming, who attended the Horizon Cup, did not qualify through the Nationals. That's actually insane. So do they have no chance to qualify now? Yeah, they're just out. They're just not going to be able to play this season. They'll, they'll be able to play in the minor league. How um, insane is that? I, I, I think it's crazy Horizon that Cup. the world champions aren't going to play this season. Right? It's just crazy. And they got taken out by 305, who did qualify, but 305 got knocked out in turn. Like, <laughs> crazy change-ups in the LPL qualifier. North American yeah. qualifier, there's evolution happening. Uh, we had the preseason tournament for the WCK a couple weeks ago. How do you, can we just like get a temperature test? Where are you at with the regions right now? China's the best by far, like you 100%. Know. Like I think they're head and shoulders against everyone. Head and shoulder above everyone. Like it's it's as simple as that. I really think they're by far the best region. And then I, th I would say it's like Korea slash C. Korea looks good. Yeah, it would be Korea slash C. Um, and then the rest is just like a, a jumble, right? It's a mess. Have you been seeing scrims or? I haven't been seeing scrims. I've been I've been away from all that, which is good because I've had enough of seeing all that trash. But um, <laughs> what I do know is that qualifiers are done for SGMY for Thailand and I believe for Indonesia. So we're just waiting on Vietnam and Philippines to get their teams in. What I did hear though is that Philippines qualifier was like super stacked, and there's like 200 teams signing up or something like that. And yeah. there's genuinely a few solid contenders in there. But at the end of the day, only like six teams are going to make it to the main league. Well, the, the Philippines has a whole bunch of like mobile legends teams that are definitely looking at their options right now, I think. Yeah. And if, if all those mobile legends teams, because that is a huge mobile legends region, if like any significant percentage of those mobile legends teams make the transition to Wild Rift, they're going to be a powerhouse region. Well, you say that, but they're like playing a kid's game, so... But they come from Mobile Legends, so, you know. They have a mobile background, I guess we could say that. It's also what I thought about Vietnam, because they have all those Arena Valor teams, but so far the Arena Valor teams, just the prize pools are so good in Vietnam that I don't think we've we've pulled the top talent away. 
Not yet, we haven't. Not yet. All right, let's talk about it. Uh, each week, we are going to bring a match of the week. It is unreasonable for most people to watch as much Wild Rift as we do, so rather than ask you to keep track of everything, we'll each bring our favorite match to talk about, go through it in detail, and you are welcome to watch along, because they will be our favorite matches from the last week. Uh, let's start with my... let's start with my bring. Uh, you went for a very standard... you, like, picked the best match of the last I couple of weeks, which was very understandable. Match, yeah. I watched all the good Wild Rift that was played across the world, and my favorite match was from Battle for the Rift, which is the local <laughs> Giant Slayer tournament in Brazil. And their grand final, Game 4, between B4 Esports and Omega Esports. And it went all the way to Game 4, and the drafts were crazy, and I picked Game 4 because this draft blew me away. What did, what did it bring to you, Leonard? Well, I... That's the that's the odd thing, right? Like I came into this knowing your thoughts about this comp and about this game, but like my take was like actually pretty different, right? So I know that you love that they had a bunch of beefy boys being the ball carriers for the Ariana, right? But my standout of this game, hundred percent the Ezra. Yeah, let's talk through that. So the composition here for B four is Malphite, Pantheon, Galio, <laughs> and then yeah. behind that triple alt go in button, you have the Oriana. And then they put an Ezreal lady carry. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing to me is that, like, we have a triple go-in button, but we never once saw Pantheon really be the one to pull the trigger. He had some really uh, comedic ultimate timings, I would say. Like, there was a point that really stood out to me where the whole team was posturing in mid lane, and they kind of just zoned away Omeka, and Pantheon just outed over to the dragon. That was a Chad move if I have ever seen one. The specific moment that I linked when we were talking about this is this first <laughs> dragon take, where uh, the other team, Omega, are running a boost Jax composition. It's very uh, WRL Horizon Cup. Uh, they've got a Lulu, and the game plan is they make this Jax very big, and then they Lulu wild growth the Jax. Um, and yeah. so the Jax is in the pit trying to take a Cloud Drake, and he gets hit by Galio Taunt into Pantheon on ult into Malphite ult and the Malphite's carrying the Oriana ult which then hits him and the shockwave shreds his final 10% of HP and he dies through the wild growth in the pit and I saw that and I went this right here that's my match of the week <laughs> everything <laughs> and he still got the drink that's even better that's it's why hilarious this was my match of the week. it was it was a mess all the way through but it has something that the Brazilian region, the Latam region, always has, which is just absolutely incredible mechanical teamfights and really good communication in the teamfights. Like, you can see very clear target calling and intelligent positioning in a region that doesn't play macro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the Jax was a big example of this, right? If you want to play around on the Jax comp, your Jax and your team has to know how to play macro. They didn't do that so well, but the teamfights were funny to watch. And, and the big appeal of it to me was we've seen, like, these Varus comps where you put a whole bunch of very beefy characters in front of a Varus or a Ziggs yeah. or a Senna, and you throw damage over the top of the tanky characters. This was, like, a version of it, but with Oriana, and I was really kind of interested by that. Do you think we'll maybe see other spins on it around Oriana ball carrier comps? I think these kind of comps always work really well when you have a good scaling, be it a marksman, be it a, be it a mage, anything along those lines. So I think there's a lot of good variations that could be had of this, and I think Ari is definitely a, a front runner. And then also had the Ezreal. Yeah. 
He was 1v9, by the way. Like, this guy was my MVP. Yeah. So I'm, first of all, very big on Ezreal. I think Ezreal very good in the game right now. His Crystal Rose skins are very hot. Basically, <laughs> everything about Ezreal is killing it. And he's a yeah. little underrepresented in pro play. He gets played a little more in China. But I think he's does a lot of damage, and his survivability basically just makes him better Zaya. And this game was yes. a really good showcase of that. You want to be aggressive, you want to dash in, you can do all of these things. You can like chunk them to half health before the team fight starts, like Wise Acer did in this game. But the problem is, my understanding at least, is that Ezreal struggles in lane phase against a lot of what's meta right now. So mm -hmm. maybe that's why like we see him a bit, you know, a bit underrepresented. I just, I, I have the VOD running while we're talking, and I just saw Kalito like exhaust the Jax and walk away. No fight was going on. <laughs> we have to talk Watch about that. Match. It's Carlito. Um, this was, of course, the best Galio support I've ever seen. One of the best supports at the Horizon Cup. We had a couple of those. Um, Dejawu, yeah. Max Green, both played really good supports on teams that didn't always go all the way. Um, Tribe Gaming, of course, bombed out. TSM also didn't make it very far, but both Max Green and Carlito looked really good. And Carlito left TSM and joined B4 Esports, who are a decently sized Brazilian organization from what I was able to find online, uh, and formed this new roster. And they'd had a roster previously, briefly last year. This is the first outing for this version of the roster, and they win this tournament, and it looks pretty clean. The game, I think, represents a pretty significant shakeup of the Brazilian esports scene coming into their wild tour, their pro league, uh, which is starting, I believe, this next week. Nice. I'm, I'm happy to see how it goes. I mean, I think B4 have a good philosophy for sure. They're really just doing the kiss, which I like. So Brazil brought the team fights, uh, Leonard. You brought me, I think, the only region that can compare in terms of just raw team fight energy. Oh, they, they fight more. My match of the week, well, I cheated a little bit, right? Because it wasn't actually this week, but it happened two weeks ago or one week ago or something like that. Our from first the WRL episode, National. Leonard! You're already changing yeah, the count. rules! <laughs> it doesn't count, it doesn't count. There weren't many good matches in my books this week. So it's WRL National Qualifiers, it's the finals, it's game one of the finals. We're setting the scene, Fun Plus Phoenix and Nova China. They just come in, no holds barred, just swinging and banging. This was a really cool match because on one side you have FPX, who are of course this incredibly like old guard team with a new roster, but they have the backing of one of the most prominent Chinese esports organizations behind yeah. it. And on the other side, you have Nova Esports. Uh, and this is like a very hard-earned victory lap for the organization. Nova's been this Chinese global mobile powerhouse for the last like half decade, operating exclusively in mobile games. Uh, but they didn't have a seat in the K KPL, the King Pro League, the big Chinese mobile esports league. So instead, they have like Western rosters in PUBG Mobile, Clash Royale, Arena of Valor. And so to see them do all that, get all those championship runs in the, in the kiddie pool, and then build a team in China for kind of the first time. They had a, what's their version of PUBG called? A Game for Peace roster. But that what? game is like <laughs> weird and got cancelled twice. And this is like the first time they've had a real Chinese team operating on home turf. Uh, and they competed in the Spark Invitational last season, but they got 2 0 by Darken Gaming. And they came in here and absolutely demolished, placed second to FPX at the end. They do lose this series in game seven of the best of seven. Spoiler, but okay. 
spoiler. The deal is, in game seven of the best of seven, in one of the most just fiery League of Legends Wild Rift matches I've ever so, seen. So good. So good. I think it is genuinely the best match of this game that anyone has ever played. It, it, like, it very well might be, right? Which is why it's such a good series. Like, both teams played it so well and just really played the game to what I think is its, it's maximum. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that comes from macro. These teams play very, very fast on the Rift, like the pace of play in China. I think globally, yeah. the pace of play, how quickly teams are challenging objectives, moving between lanes, causing different threats to their enemies. I think globally, that's sped up a lot from pre-Horizon Cup, which is good to see. Yeah. China? They're on a whole nother level. Darkland Gaming couldn't keep up. Actually insane. The speed at which Nova and FPX are playing this map is incredible. And then they are carrying that into the team fights, where it's just yeah. these players are doing mechanical things that no collection of five players in any region can do reliably. And I love that you said Darkland Gaming couldn't keep up, because if you think back to the Horizon Cup, you think back to what Darkland Gaming did to every other team mm -hmm. there, and they go back home, and they don't even qualify. Yeah. It's not like we're saying they didn't win the league, oh, you know, but they couldn't even qualify for the league. That's how insane the region is right now. Uh, I want to I actually start our conversation of, like, the game itself in the draft, yes. because yes. the draft is very different. I think China has a better read on the meta than almost every other yeah. region right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're banning set, chase. Uh, they didn't have set out, but they would ban it. Uh, they're banning Jace, Camille... Uh, and then, interestingly, pick or ban in China is Zed. Yeah, I don't know why no one else does this. Zed is broken. Especially in a meta where a lot of teams are playing, like, Varus, Ziggs, backline AD carries. Zed just jumps on him! <laughs> They're yeah, dead! I, 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 like, I've heard a lot of arguments about Zed as well, right? Like, when is Zed not good? Because when you play Zed against a lot of tanks, a lot of beefy boys, Zed tends to not be good because you can't kill them. But that's not the case in Wild Rift. Zed can kill tanks. And when we were watching, I'm not sure if you were there for that game, but I was watching the uh, SGMY qualifiers. Zed just shreds through Mundo and champions like that because his itemization has so much armor penetration. He does not care about tanks. Zed literally has no weakness. I can tell you, I, I raised this question to some NA players this weekend, and I said, hey, you know, China really thinks Zed's very good, and it demolishes the exact kind of compositions you're playing into. Is there a reason yeah. you guys aren't pulling out Zed? Uh, and they said, because there's a lot of Diana being played right now, and we don't feel like Zed does well into Diana. <laughs> like, Zed just literally does not care about Diana. <laughs> like, oh my god, you just jumped on me, and you're trying to moonfall me. Let me just shadow away from this real quick. Like, you can opt to not interact with the Diana. And it's like, well, maybe Omo will have a take, you know, based on his history as a coach about this champion interaction. No, you're on exactly the same page as me, which is so... <laughs> no, it's just it's just very clear to me that, like, Zed is, like, 500 times better than Diana. And I've been saying since Horizon Cup group stages that Zed is not balanced. Like, this champion is first pick worthy. Like, maybe the meta shift up, shifts a bit, right? Like, you have Jace, you have, like, Morgana, you have Zed, all these other broken champions now. Sure. But since group stages, I've been saying, Zed is, like, first pick Woody. This champion is not fair. And what did Nova do? They first pick Zed. Yeah. Two months after Horizon Cup. We're still in the same, like, pace, right? But, I don't know. People just don't like to win, I guess. I, I do want to highlight what they picked, and it kind of largely contained the Zed in lane, yeah. which was a Renekton mid is what yes. FPX draft to contain the Zed, and it largely works. 
it doesn't do enough damage to the Zed, and we still get to the late game where the Zed is, like, deleting people. But yeah. for the entire early mid-game, the laning phase, Woguo uh, is able to, like, lead the lane. He's the Zed player. He's able to stay ahead on Zed, but he's not ever winning lane in the way that you expect a Zed to. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about all you can ask for, right? Zed for sure wants the meta, but when you think about Zed quote-unquote counterpicks that are played, in my books, the only good ones are like Renekton and Garen. But these champions don't bully you out of lane. These champions don't really like hard punish you. They don't kill you. They Maybe survive. Renekton can with his jungler, right? Yeah, they contain you. And when the best counterpicks can only just contain you, like, just this champion sounds pretty broken, man. Yeah. Um... We saw also just uh, Nova has a jungler named Long who plays Lee Sin, and it is the most terrifying Lee Sin anyone in the world has played. Yeah, it's it's correct. The amount of eight-step mechanical dives he's able to pull out behind people's turrets, scooping them out for kills and stuff, <laughs> yeah. just incredible. I, I want to use this as a chance to also like talk about some of the concepts that I think we see in this just just this game one alone that I don't think any other region really does. So I think like two things I want to bring up. Firstly, is like jungle pathing early game. I feel like by far the best and most effective jungle pathing now is what both of these two junglers did, which is tree cam clear into a lane, and they executed that very well because the laners understood okay what's my timing to set up a play here the bot lane of nova understands that okay if we're doing a tree cam clear we don't need we can't and we don't need to push this wave we can just flash engage with our lee but on the other side of the map i think what fpx did so well is that fado stacked and dived with his jungler which is something that we don't really see teams do in wild rift what happens when you crash a wave i'm just gonna reset what happens when fpx crashes a wave fado and 0711 i hate his name by the way and 0711 just come together and they dive you at one minute 30 like no one does this i want i want to break that down a little bit because we may have people that are not coming from league of legends pc can you yeah. explain what a three camp clear it okay so very simple right like one quadrant of your jungle has three camps you clear those tree camps and you go dance around on the map basically like you go take the scuttle crab you go gank lanes whatever it is and i think if you watch this this game both junglers just give you the epitome of what you can do like it covers the entire textbook one jungler goes to gank a lane one jungler clears a crab and dives a lane it's just the entire this range is covered yeah, and, and what helps there is we have both Lee Sin and Kha'Zix here, both of whom have early damage. Lee Sin yeah. obviously more so than Kha'Zix, but Kha'Zix pretty much permanently can one-shot people if they're isolated. And, and we see why both those characters are popular and what both those characters can do in the hands of very talented players. Yeah. And you can find that again, that is the Nationals qualifier, game number one of the grand finals between FPX and Nova Esports. So Yeah, this is the peak of Wild Rift, like 100%. If you search up one VOD this week before the tournaments, before the season starts in earnest, make it that VOD. You, you um, probably shouldn't, because then whatever you see is not going to compare. Right. I did have that problem. I went from that VOD, and then I was like, I'm going to go watch and prep to cast North America. And there were some yeah, exciting things happening depressing. in North America. It didn't compare. Yeah, it's not the same. Uh, I've got a couple of mini games. I've got a couple of little right. party games for us to play in the second half of these Are episodes. Are we playing Lost Ark? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Late last night at like 1am his time, Omo calls me up and says, Hey, can, I, can you make me an NA Steam account so I can play Lost Ark? <laughs> I haven't started yet. Sadly, you haven't even played but... yet? 
No, I haven't. It's a huge download, and there's so much hassle you have to go through to, like, get early access to the game. But we won't talk about that. I, that's my struggle to deal with. I failed the Kapska to make an NA Steam account, like, six <laughs> times in a row. It was the most humiliating. I don't know what a traffic light is. I might be a computer. Anyway. <laughs> Things get a little chaotic out there. So every week, we're going to restore a little bit of order to your world. Uh, and I've brought a little power ranking game. This week, our power rankings were inspired by the WNS, the North American League, where I saw multiple Caitlyn games, a Twisted Fate AD carry, uh, built <laughs> no AD, shot. and I asked to myself, it can't be that bad. There've got to be other AD carries you can play. So, Leonard, let's talk it through. Let's make some power rankings. Who are the best five duo lane carries? I like that you said duo lane, so we're counting the mages, right? Yeah. Uh, in my books, Ziggs is king, still. Really? Over Varus? Yeah. Um, pretty close, pretty close. I think they both offer different things, right? Like, they're both number one, number two. Maybe no, Varus I'm, is I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I have a table on my end that goes one, two, three, four. I'm going to need okay. you to be more specific. Okay, I'm going to just list it out, and I'll, like, maybe rephrase if I sure, second guess myself. I think it's Ziggs, Varus, Morgana, Senna, and there's probably no number five. Oriana, I guess. Okay, do you want to hear my list? Yeah, go. Cool. Varus, Ash, Ziggs, Ezreal, Senna. Ash is that high on your list? Yeah. Did, weren't you the guy that hated Ash? I was for a very long time, but she got buffed. Crit items got buffed. And the way that people are playing around her ultimate got buffed. Fair. And in a meta where we now oftentimes see tanks drafted to protect her, I think she is really viable because if she can just sit at mid range and dump damage into people, there is yeah. no character that does more flat DPS than that. Okay, I, I'm actually very interested in Ash because I think the champion is really good in lane into a lot of the meta champions, into mm -hmm. the mages as well. So I'm interested in what Ash can do, but I want to see what happens when good regions start picking her because Ash always has very clear flaws, which is she's so easy to kill. You get on top of her, she yeah. dies, right? It's like Varus, but with shorter range. We had a couple of Ash games in WRL and WCK that formed this opinion. Yeah. So here's how it works. We, you've heard both our lists. We need to, we need to agree now. We need okay. to form a combined power ranking for the TJ Nomo's Wild Rift podcast available at eSports.tj.com. We're, so we're not I, leaving this call. <laughs> I, I'm right, not going to let you Let's put... start with Varus. I feel like we can compromise on Varus at number one. Uh, yeah, but like Ziggs, though. I will trade you. I, see, I have my Ash at number, number two. I will let you bump Ash down Look, if, TJ, if you let me put Varus above Ziggs. And so it goes Varus, Ziggs, one, picked, two. Let's just use this game as an example. Varus was picked lower than Senna. And Ziggs and Mog were just instantly banned by but that's, side. That's because this game didn't have the draft for a Varus, right? Varus requires some setup. And Ziggs can be played very flexibly across multiple roles. But the question isn't which is the best character is which is the best duo lane carry and if you're going to build your team around a single carry building around a varus okay. is game ending okay so then that's the criteria right because if you're building around a champ i would say varus is possibly higher than zix because he can't dumpster him in lane yeah, well, you just need a lot of tanks and an assassin okay. to follow up on the low hp targets but if you have those elements if you draft full wck okay so if you're asking me, like, which is the better champion or which, like, you know, 
I would say Zig still. But if you're asking specifically which is the better dual link carry, I can't agree it's Ferris. I'll give you that All right. one. Alright. But I'm not agreeing on Ash. Well, I've, I've allowed the horse trading, and we can put the Ziggs at number two. Okay, but with this criteria in mind, I might go with Senna. But it's probably really? still Ziggs, because the champ is just so strong. Yeah, the champ is just so strong. I don't think Senna does enough damage early enough. Ah, uh, the criteria is what's throwing me off. Because, like, if you're saying, like, is she the one that carries? Then probably not. But she really allows the team to carry. Mm -hmm. And if you're drafting around Senna, like what FPX did, and you have, like, four beefy boys that you just, like, perma-heal, heal, heal, buff, she's insane. But is she the carry herself? Not no, so much. but I don't. I don't think right. that matters because if you're telling me that the Senna has a bigger impact on the game than Ziggs, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. A good Ziggs does so much yeah, more. Damage. I just have to say Ziggs, right? Like I, I said all of this, but I still have to go with Ziggs because it's just broken. All right, Ferris Ziggs, yeah. one two, done. Senna See, this is easy. We're getting Senna tree. Senna three over. Maybe Ash. Morgana You're tree, gonna make it's me drop the Ash. Ash to four. Ash is five. Ash is five. It's definitely Morgana or Senna. Morgana? Morgana is so strong. Not if you're playing a tank. If I'm playing well, Garen and you hit me with a Morgana Dark Binding, I don't care. True, but then the counterpoint to that is then I just put Black Shield on my Z, uh, on my Jax, on my Z, and then he goes to town. Well, that's the argument for Senna. That's why I will let Senna be here, because Senna's utility allows her to add a lot to the team. I don't think Black Shield is enough to survive. CJ, if we if we release a list of the strongest dual lane carries, like people aren't really gonna read the criteria, and then if Morgana isn't there, we'll be ridiculed. <laughs> like people will like, be like we're gonna get bullied on Twitter. <laughs> we're gonna get bullied. They're gonna be like Morgana okay. is so broken. Why do you not have her on the list? All right, you convinced me. I fear social media shaping. We can we can go set of Morgana <laughs> if you want, as long as you let me put Ash at five. Oh, I kind of want to put Oriana at five, but we can I can compromise on this. Okay. So we've gone Varus, Ziggs, Santa Morgana, Ash. Sounds fair. All right. Those are the best dual lane carries. It was easy. It's a, it's a bit of we an F for Marksman everywhere, but yeah. I don't know what we were worried about. That was super easy. Uh, can, yeah. we, can we, Dark Horse, what would it take for me to get Ezreal on that list? Uh, if like five other champs are bad, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so Ezreal's very far down your list. I mean, I think he's good. I just think everything else is so much gooder. Hey. On the official LCS podcast, they have a segment called Report and Honor, which I rather <laughs> liked, and we're wild over here, so I stole it. It's a wild rift. <laughs> uh, it's slightly different, so legally distinct, because in wild rift we report and then we thumbs up people. We don't honor them. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. we're going to do that. But it is that simple. Leonard, do you have anything you'd like to report? Oh, where do I start? So I'm here today to report solo queue players and to report my teammates in solo queue. And if you don't like your teammates in solo queue, uh, keep listening because you can live vicariously through me in this segment. Because this, I'm going to be talking about all the bad teammates and everything that they have in their numb skulls, which are wrong. You've been grinding this season. Yeah, I, I've played more Wild Rift in the last one week than I've played in, since its release, really. I've played over 100 games this season. Shit, okay. I, I'm probably not that many i'm probably not that <laughs> i'm probably like a 50 tops. so let me tell you about my solo okay go actually it's not that bad i mean sometimes they don't understand what the game is i, I mean, feel like, we're like you're just chilling yeah well I've i play, play i play like garen support and i have a good time yeah. and sometimes yeah. i lose and sometimes i win but yeah i i cannot imagine that because my mindset is like 
very different. Like, I'm a sweaty tryhard. And it's like, I have to win every single game. And if I lose, I'm mad. Like, I don't even lose rank when I lose. It's just like, shit, I'm not going to double promote. Oh, shit, I have to play one more game. And it's just really annoying to me. So I'm like a sweaty tryhard. Don't play video games with me. TLDR. Uh, you, you would absolutely despise playing with my Ramus support. <laughs> I probably would, honestly. <laughs> you would lose your mind. I, I am a little curious about this because we've, yes. ha- we've been having this conversation about uh, like players in Wild Rift and... They just uh, don't understand the game. <laughs> right, like, uh, have you? Do you play jungle, TJ? By any chance? Sometimes. So when you play jungle, does your team ever ping? Attack the dragon! Attack the dragon! To be honest, I never paid any attention to any ping. Okay, sure. Well, number one, dragon is a bait objective in solo queue, guys. S- calm down. <laughs> it's not gonna win you the game. Except if your if jungle it's is like dragon. a jet, fight for an infernal dragon. Yeah, sure. Right, like I would fight if the setup for it is correct, but I'm not gonna lose a team fight for an infernal drake just to like satisfy your dopamine to see objective taken if your jacks has like double the farm of the opponent jungler you win the game you know how are you about rift that's number one i've got like 32 things okay all right sorry sorry continue i want to ask a question (laughs) and it's off if you'll notice it's all from the perspective of a disgruntled jungler because that's what i am basically if you don't have prior in your lane and your opponent is like roaming around the map perma and you're doing nothing, why are you playing the game? So how are you allowing, okay, especially for supports, right? Like if your opponent's support is roaming, you either need to roam to match them or you need to dumpster your lane. Why am I seeing opponent supports roaming while my dual lane is hugging their tower? Right. If, if, Take they notes, are, if you're in a 2v1 in lane, you yeah. should, even if you're playing Braum, you should have yeah. their wave underneath their turret. Yes, you should not let the opponent even look at the farm. Don't CS. Yeah, like, it's not even CS. Like, he should not even think about getting EXP from that wave. Because that forces the other team to devote attention either to fixing that, or your lane gets really big and your carry can win the game. Exactly. So I'm reporting supports out there. I guess if we have to narrow it down and I have to pick someone, I'm reporting supports out there. Because I think that's the role that people misunderstand the most. The amount of people I see playing like enchanter supports on teams yeah, that have no frontline whatsoever, game. and they're like, "I'm gonna play Soraka," and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, like people explain to me how Soraka's gonna work chill. versus a Zed. <laughs> Actually, that's not the worst matchup because you can do that really dumb thing. It's when true you drop if the, if you the land field. the silence perfectly. Yeah, but <laughs> nobody in my games is doing it. All yeah, right. I mean, they obviously wouldn't understand, but... I have a report to file as well. Go for it. Who is it against? Uh, North American Pro Drafts. Okay, let's go! Like I said, I saw an 80-carry Twisted Fate, and you want to know the amazing part about it? Yeah. That wasn't bad. I liked the 80-carry Twisted Did Fate more than a lot of the things I saw that week. Did it win the game? Yeah. It, that was Sentinels. That was they upset Tribe Gaming with it. Because, okay, I talked to them afterwards, and they were like, no, trust me, if you look at the stats, then Twisted Fate does more damage uh, AD than any AD carry in the game. And that only makes sense if you ignore the fact that all the other AD carries have buttons that they can push that make them do more damage. So that's, like, whatever. But... And also, like, Twisted Fate has, like, the range of a range creep. (laughs) True. Well, you build RFC. Uh, The other thing that I think is true is that their AD carry player is a role swap support, and quite a good one at that. So he's not very good at laning yet, 
But what he does have is really good map awareness. So what they were doing is they were playing to MTS, who's their top laner and a very good top laner, and he's playing Camille, the most broken top lane character in the game. And he's going ham. And sometimes he goes a little bit too ham. <laughs> then the Twisted Fate teleports in gold cards. Okay. He's free. Okay. Now, I will say, I think you could play Ash, and you would also have a global stun, and you would be playing a real champion. But <laughs> I think it's a very valid argument to say we like the global impact of the AD carry Twisted Fate. And it was fine. It didn't look great, but he's not the carry flare on their team, and it fulfilled a role. This is like the meme where, like, I, I forgot the context, but it's basically like someone's asking, like, why did you buy this? And then the dude's just like, I think it's neat. <laughs> I like globals. I, don't know. I like globals. I, it, it didn't upset me because because the, there was thought process, right? And this is where I'm going. Yeah. yeah. It didn't upset me because there was a plan they were executing. You know what I did see? Vain mid. Into Galio? No. <laughs> uh, into um, Garen mid? No. <laughs> into um. I'm running out of things here. <laughs> no, they just played Vain mid into Brand. Yeah, it's just, I just... I couldn't tell you why. And and the, I think, biggest problem with the North American drafts is that so many of them feel like it is a collection of characters that are performing very well in solo queue or a collection of characters that yeah. are winning lanes in scrims. And I yeah, know they're exactly. scrimming and I know they're watching global results and they're thinking about which characters are good and they're working very hard on that. But it is not going a step further than that to, okay, what is our mission as a team what is our win condition in this game and this is not true of all north american teams there are plenty of north american teams i would say the top four right now have improved massively and are thinking in that dimension we'll see at icon hopefully uh but there is a lot of there are a lot of the lesser north american teams that i could not look at their draft and tell you what their game plan is to win it's just a collection of five good characters and until North America is willing to sacrifice lane priority and play a Garen in top lane and lose that lane slowly so that they can win mid lane, they are not going to be able to hold a candle to any international major. Are people genuinely like hesitant to pick champions like Garen? Because my understanding of Garen right now is he's like double broken. We saw one Garen the entire uh, qualifier. Was it banned? No, it was picked by uh, Sentinels, the team that upset Let's Tribe. go. Let's go. Garen is, uh, to my understanding, very strong right now. And we didn't see very many, like, Renektons or anything like that either. Uh, we oh. saw a couple of sets that absolutely sucked. North America, I'd also like to report your set play. I don't know how you look bad on that character. It's hard to play. <laughs> no? Correct me if I'm wrong here, but are the majority of uh, North America Wild Rift Pro players coming in from League or from other mobile games? I think a little bit of everything. A lot of our top teams are from Arena of Valor and right. uh, Vainglory. I genuinely think that Set is a champion where if you don't have experience with how he plays, he's actually really weird. And I think people struggle in, in PC for a really long time to figure out Set when he first came out as well. I didn't. He, he works with my playstyle because I just want to stand in the middle of everybody and then hit the haymaker <laughs> button. And that's how you play the character. You need to take damage. Pretty much, you need pretty to take much. damage to make damage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the stats as well for WRL because like Renekton and Darius are like the most played by far. If you and, and I have an article about this over at esportstj.com. If you look at what's working globally, you you get tanks. You put beefy boys in front of the AD carries, yeah. or you draft assassins to get over the other team's tanks. And we are 
seeing some progression that way, but the amount of games where I'm seeing Corky mid is too high. We sh it like, should... Oh, Corky like, is not I, a bad pick, but Corky should be yeah. either your AD carry and your plan to yeah. win the game, or you, I don't think you should be drafting him. I think it should be you are either winning through the Corky or you're drafting stuff like Diana or stuff like that that fulfills either a clear defensive yeah. or offensive purpose. So I think the way that Nova picked Cocky is really good. They picked that in Game 7. I'm not sure, sure if they picked it prior to that. The way they picked Cocky was with a poke comp, kind of, right? They had a Jace sure. to poke with. So when you go mid to late game, you have double poke with Rockets and Shock Loss. So that's great. But what they also did to facilitate the Cocky is you look at their top side three picks. Renekton, Lee Sin, Jace. Your first 15 minutes of the game are set. Your Cocky can chill because he doesn't need to do shit for 15 minutes. Because yep. your top side has got it covered. Like, you need to consider things like this when you draft Cocky because their champion is just shit for 10 minutes. And, and this is not to say that North American teams are not working on these problems because I do see them solving these problems. Um, yep. But the amount of times, and particularly the reason I'm reporting NA drafts is because we would get through like the first three picks and I would be like, all right, this is coming together. They've got a... This is looking uh, good, yeah. They've got a, a, a really clear composition and they can do this very clear thing and this is how they're going to win the game and all they need to dr do is draft one more tank and then the next thing would come around and they draft something truly random like Soraka uh, uh, Fiora and I'd be like, what? <laughs> also, the thing you thought was the juggler were playing that mid. <laughs> my my goodness um so i'm reporting NA drafts for raising my heart right but i am seeing signs of improvement so it's one of those reports that you like fill out the form and then you don't send it because you're like <laughs> i don't think like i it's fine like he ran it down but i think he's working on it i don't think it was malicious yeah that's fair that's that's a good point we can get into our thumbs up now who are you honoring yeah. after the game i'm honoring chinese teams who wrl yeah, the WRL for showing me that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and teams can get to this spot of gameplay. Mm -hmm. I'm still watching it, by the way. Like, I've had this series running the entire time we've been talking and I'm just like, chef's kiss, you know. It's like the scene in Ratatouille where the critic tastes the food and yeah. is transported to his yeah, childhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, it's exactly that. Like, watching this, it's like going back to an um, IG One world. It's like, <gasps> oh my god. This is possible. You can play like this. It's crazy. And and a uh, thing to watch in China is the Thunder Talk, who plays second at Horizon. Yeah. They qualified. They absolutely destroyed the LPL qualifier. Do you know if they're playing with the same roster? Uh, they have made some changes. They held on to... Z, obviously. They held on to <laughs> Z. They held on to Feibai. Oh, Z went back to the Baron Lee. I've just pulled up my notes. They do have, like, it's a combination of the players they had before. Most interestingly, uh, they played the tournament without Z and Baron Lee. They had a substitute called Moore playing for the Z qualifier. Z just didn't play? For many of the games. He might have played in some wow. of the games I didn't see, but they played without him. Wow. Yeah, kind of interesting. I, uh, I think it really speaks to the talent pool as well. It's just like, we don't need Z to 1v9. Well, I think that's probably a goal. I think you. I don't think there's a world in which Z doesn't play this season, but I can absolutely see a world in which they're like, hey, our entire strategy at the Horizon Cup was for Z to turbo carry. Yeah. We need to build a team that can play without that first and then add yes. him to the mix. And that's a very Chinese team thing as well, because there are a lot of parallels I think you can draw between Chinese Wild Rift teams and their counterparts in League of Legends in terms of how they approach the game, etc., etc. And I think that this is no different. And... It's not uncommon to see LPL teams do things like this, like benching their star players, because you have the talent.
All right. Uh, that's your thumbs up. My thumbs up is going to be the global pace of play. I touched on this earlier. <laughs> um, I love how abstract your, your thumbs up is. Yeah. Well, to get more specific, everyone around the world learned from the Horizon Cup. Like, coming into the tournament, we had every region kind of trying their own thing, and every region making different mistakes. And I feel like everywhere around the world, you still have those unique playstyles and those unique preferences, but like in North America, like I said, easily the top four teams, and I think everyone is trying, but definitely the top four teams are directly applying the lessons learned at the Horizon Cup, and are directly yes. building compositions and drafts and playstyles in the way that the best teams in the world demonstrated the game could be played. And I feel like I'm seeing that internationally in every league, and I feel like that's a very good sign for a healthy game. Yeah, I, I think that's really, really important as well. And I think, like, North America, especially, like, EU to some extent, these regions... Like, I know you hate it when I draw parallels to to PC League, but I think it's the same thing here, right? Like, you suffer from a lack of good opponents to play against. So when you have a chance for international experience, you really need to grasp it. Yeah. Can I make a wild prediction at the end of the podcast? I'm going to draw people back for next time. I think North America in Wild Rift is going to do much better than North America in a lot of different esports. It's hard to do worse. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase. I think North America gets out of groups either this year or next year international. And I would say you would be wrong, but that's an opinion. I think North America is a serious contender in the next two years. I will just assume that it's clickbait, and I'll leave it at that. Wow. For the sake of my sanity, I have to assume it's clickbait. He agrees. I don't even have to justify myself. Yeah, I mean, there's no possible rational justification, so I let I'll let you have it. That's episode one of TJ Novo's Wild Rift podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify's, and most other podcasters, as well as esportstj.com. Please do rate and review us on your podcast app of choice if you've got the time. For now, though, stay out of my solo queue. I want to keep my LP. <laughs>